we're replacing one of the components uh, within the manufacturing process that goes into the battery, which makes uh, the batteries uh, able to store much more energy without increasing its weight. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesoming's podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. Hey everyone, tuning in from Kentucky, Taiwan, wherever you may be. Welcome back to this episode of Oswing's podcast. I'm here with my my friend Harut, who I'll tell you what, he's pretty good with, with pitching in a minor league ball field. I definitely have seen him walk away victorious after a nice competition. He is uh, fearless at the plates, and he is here to talk with us today about his startup, Hexalayer. And yes, I just did comment on Harut's awesome ability to pitch at Five Across this pa- or last year in 2020 when he was the winner at Whitaker Bank Ballpark here in Lexington, where the Lexington Legends play. And Harut is a part of the Awesome Inc. Fellowship Program. Really stoked to have him, his company, and to see all that they're going to do in Kentucky because he, I'll tell you what, is one bright guy. And uh, he talks and everything he says is over my head, but I just love listening to him. So Harut, thanks for joining us this morning. Really stoked to hear your story, hear about Hexlayer and all the problems you're solving. And uh, with that, let's get you talking. So Harut, how was your day? What are you up to? How is, how is adjusting to the new year of 2021 been for you so far? Uh, it's going pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you guys are really great at Awesome Inc. And really had a lot of fun pitching last year. So, um, you know, glad 2020 is over. Excited to see what 2021 can bring on. Uh, just to keep this ball rolling. So really fun stuff. Harut, I know before we actually hit record, we were, we were, we were talking a bit just about your background and, and a fun conversation. And something that I off the cuff just want to know is about your experience in Taiwan. So taking a look into your background, you went to school in Taiwan for, for about a year studying computer science. And now you're in Louisville, Kentucky. Can you share a bit of your story, how you ended up studying in Taiwan? And maybe where that, that led you to uh, come back to the States. So, sure. I'm actually originally from Armenia. So uh, when I was just about to graduate high school, you know, I found out about this uh, international student program in Taiwan. And somehow uh, I convinced my parents to let their 16-year-old boy go to uh, uh, you know, at the other end of the world and study. So um, that's how I ended up there. But, uh, you know, it was a really unique experience, especially when you're a teenager. You're pretty much away from all your family in a tropical island, you know, with a bunch of other international cool people. So a lot of fun times, but also I think, um, it created a kind of a mindset that translated into entrepreneurship and everything that I've done uh, after that is because I think when uh, you get to know how to survive and thrive alone and have to rely on yourself, uh, being able to network, uh, get new friends, uh, really being out of your comfort zone uh, at such a young age, I think it created a 
really important cornerstone in my personality that translates into entrepreneurship. So really uh, kind of experiencing that for a year and then meeting really cool people, uh, learning a lot, uh, you know, and not just through the university, but just things about life and then uh, risk taking and not being afraid of doing things that might pay off later is something that I carry on from those days. That's like almost 12 years ago now. So um, yeah, it really impacted my life going forward. I can only imagine that you have some really interesting stories that may or may not be appropriate for this podcast and to talk about. So I'm looking forward to when we get together in person and you can share some yeah, of those. Maybe over, na- over a happy hour sometime. <laughs> yes, we'll have to make it happen. So Harut, you have had a lot of work experience no question about it. Your diversity has made you capable of working with a team like you did at Schneider Electric or being independent like you were a 3D freelance artist for a number of years. And now you run a startup. There, there seems to be this theme with you that we're going to dive into. So what were a few of maybe your more pivotal moments on your journey that led to your current company, Hexalayer? One important aspect that a lot of startup or entrepreneurs sorry, people who are entrepreneurs miss is already uh, taking experience from larger companies that you can apply um, when you're building your own business. Because I think a lot of the, uh, maybe not the bureaucracy, but a lot of the cultural things that big corporations have built in are there for a reason. And there's a reason why these companies have been able to grow to such an extent and able to manage a large amount of people. So maybe not a lot of it, but many aspects of that culture, I think can be helpful for a lot of entrepreneurs. So whether working with, uh, you know, really great people at Schneider, you know, I definitely was able to grow uh, myself as a, uh, um, you know, as a member of a team, but also being able to communicate better, uh, being able to communicate ideas better and then buy people into what you're trying to accomplish. Because whether if it's at a big corporation or at a startup or when if you're working with clients as a freelancer, uh, there's fundamental things that run through whatever you're trying to do. You have to be able to convince people uh, to buy into whatever you're trying to accomplish. And I think one important aspect from all of my experiences is definitely uh, the great people I've been able to meet and learn from throughout the journey over the years. Uh, you know, all of my managers at Schneider, they're really great and really encourage uh, my entrepreneurial spirit. So. Um, I was able to actually start Hexalair uh, while I was working there. Uh, before both of those experiences, I did work with another tech startup here in town and learned a lot uh, from the founder and the team and a lot of things uh, uh, both to and maybe not to do if I'm running my own company. So uh, that's, that's been really pivotal and just finding interesting people 
and learning from them, I think is key to be able to kind of start your own journey and uh, creating a business or whatever you're trying to achieve in your life. Harut, I can tell that you're someone who, who seems like you want to be a student. You, you're continuously learning. And I'm excited because we're going to talk now. We're at Hexlayer. We're at your current company. And we're going to dive on into this. And I'm about to be learning quite a bit from you because even I've heard you pitch a number of times and I've done my research and I'm still not the best with knowing, oh, here is what Hexlayer is. Here's how it applies to my life. So we're here. What is Hexlayer? So Hexlayer is innovation in batteries to material science. And, you know, when I start talking about Hexlayer, um, actual people are surprised to know that I don't have a technical background. We're just talking about how I had computer science and then I actually ended up with a political science degree from uh, uh, University of Louisville here in town. But so my journey with Hexler actually started uh, from family because my co-founder and the chief scientist is actually my mother. If you look at a lot of the successful startups, uh, they're usually done with people that uh, you have a, you know, a great relationship with, you've known for a while. Uh, if you have a relationship that's uh, unbreakable, you know, you can survive through all the grind, all the ups and downs um, of a startup, which there are a lot of failures. So you have to be ready for that. And I think having a family member to do that with, if you can find a productive working relationship, can be a great way to do it. My mother, being a scientist, uh, she uh, invented this uh, powder that goes into lithium-ion batteries. And, and when she came out with the results, uh, you know, she had two choices. One was, hey, just write a scientific paper, maybe get a patent, uh, continue down the road of academia. Or the second option, which uh, I kind of offered was like, hey, um, you know, let's, let's try and, commercialize this because we think there's a huge potential for this to not only be a big business, but also impact, you know, uh, economy or the world or uh, uh, a lot of things that we're trying to do in electrifying uh, vehicles and then all the other applications in renewable energy. But the value prop to put it shortly is, you know, there's a lot of components that go into lithium-ion battery manufacturing. Uh, and then we're replacing one of the components uh, within the manufacturing process that goes into the battery, which makes uh, the batteries uh, able to store much more energy without increasing its weight. So when you think about, you know, if you want to have an electric car, that goes a lot further without increasing its battery weight or size. Uh, this, these are the types of the solutions that the industry is looking for. Uh, uh, one key target that we identified in the early adopter market is actually uh, you know, unmanned aerial systems or drones as most people know them uh, because the, the battery technology is very limiting and because the weight is the biggest factor. I think that's where our value really is emphasized, where 
hey, we can give you the same, uh, uh, you know, same size and same weight battery that you're currently using, but because of our material that's in there, your drone will be able to fly two, three, uh, maybe four times longer, depending on what you're trying to do. So this opens up a whole range of opportunities, you know, uh, uh, not just for, let's say, drone manufacturers, but also, you know, end users. Let's say if you're trying to deliver drugs, uh, you know, in remote or inaccessible areas, uh, you'll be able to do it with a drone, with a hexlayer battery, for example. Or, you know, package delivery is a huge trend now with Amazon and UPS trying to do mass last mile deliveries. So uh, there's a whole slew of opportunities, you know, you can do that people haven't even thought of. Our early investor, Emory Corporation, which is a utility company, kind of sees the potential of this and, you know, not just from grid level, but also just trying to uh, maintain the electric grid much more efficiently because, um, you know, when you're driving around and you see utility lines with vegetation and trees, you will never think about that. You actually have to you know, have a way of monitoring all of that and be able to cut things in time and, you know, long duration, long endurance drones uh, may enable for, for that to be done much more effectively, effectively and in turn, you're uh, not only saving money, but you're also potentially putting people out of uh, hazardous environments where they have to go up to power lines or going to places where it's very dangerous. So an unmanned system with a powerful battery will be able to accomplish that. Harut, there is so much to what we just broke down and I want to, I want to dig the layers a little bit. So from doing a bit of research, uh, I found that, as you say, the weakening of interlayer carbon forces in your materials, so hex, hex layers materials, allows for lithium penetration into the multi-layer structure. For the average Joe like me, I think, what the heck, what the heck is this technology? What am I reading? So can you explain the importance? Uh, I know you just touched upon it a bit, but the importance for the average person like me who doesn't understand the science of this at a level, why your battery is superior and, again, maybe a bit more of your value prop in maybe the everyday use. On the kind of the science side of things that you've touched upon, it's actually not as complicated as people think. Okay. Uh, let's say, you know, lithium ion batteries obviously have lithium in them, right? So, and that lithium kind of needs space to move around when you're charging or discharging your battery. So, if you have a component in there that's allowing for lithium to move around and to stay, um, you know, in places where it wasn't able to do so before because of the material limitations, then in turn, you're able to store far more energy because you were able to transfer a lot more lithium in between the components. So I don't know if that over, uh, if it's kind of easier to understand or not, maybe I overcomplicated things, but that's the gist of the kind of the science part of it. I always 
make uh, bring the example of phones, right? Because phones use lithium-ion batteries too. So let's say eventually if we were to go to the phone market, which is not our initial target, just because of the volume and the price metrics required in there. But let's say, you know, imagine if instead of trying uh, or needing to charge your uh, phone battery every day, you just charge it once and then you don't have to charge it for a week. But on the other aspect of it that I think people don't realize is that we can actually, right now, we can have uh, way more powerful phones with faster, let's say, uh, internet speeds, faster processing, uh, better cameras. And a lot of that technology that we already have ready to go is not being put in place in phones because we just don't have the batteries to supply all that energy. Uh, so when you're thinking about, okay, how can we fit much more powerful components and make these devices even more powerful uh, without changing the form factor, you know, without having four more batteries on top of it or a bulky case as many people do. Uh, these are kind of the type of solutions uh, that we'll be offering uh, long-term uh, that may impact the average consumer. But of course, kind of a short-term as we're like a new business, it's a new technology. Uh, it's uh, expensive to enter the market. So we have to target sectors of the, uh, of the market and industries that are willing to pay that premium just because of value in their case in point um, is worth it. For example, let's say, uh, you know, uh, flying vehicles or uh, perhaps electric vehicles that are in luxury or performance sector or in defense sector. You're solving a problem that most people I think are unaware of. And based on some of what you just shared, do you have a direction of where you're hoping to take Hexalayer and how you want to add value to, to people's lives? So, you know, we, you use the phone analogy as a reference. I didn't say it because of the latency on this call, but if you, if you were able to help people charge their phones only once a week and that battery would sustain all of their wear and tear on it, man, that would be so stinking awesome. I'd love to hear more about what you're thinking the direction for Hexlayer. Because again, your battery, you're going to be solving problems for various things. You mentioned drones and how drone delivery is becoming a thing. I, uh, I, I have often been in a Tesla Model X, uh, pretty, pretty cool opportunity for a business. And knowing how tough it can be to charge those batteries, it makes me even think of, oh, like what if, what if your, your business your battery was able to, to revolutionize the electric vehicle game. So I mostly want to continue hearing why people should care about the problem you're solving and how you are continuously going to add value to their lives. Long-term, we will like, you know, our technology to be both maybe electric vehicle that we might buy or a phone, but short-term to mid-term, we're definitely targeting just business to business side of things. Drone vehicles or high performance electric vehicles and defense applications uh, where this technology is heading first. 
just because there's a lot of still a lot of research and development to be done until this can be scaled up to the levels that we need to. Uh, the issue is not just coming up with the product. The issue is in most cases, the machines to build your product don't exist. So I, uh, I think it was Elon Musk recently that said, come, like creating the product is 10 times easier than building the machines that are gonna you know, build your product. In our case in point for the past two years, uh, you know, we've been just focused on building pilot, pilot machines that can manufacture the powder because this was just done in the lab in a couple of off bases. And now you have to, you know, make bigger amounts of it and then make sure uh, the quality stays the same. And then while, you know, increasingly bring down the cost. And then once this goes into the batteries, that's a whole different issue in itself, right? Then you have to kind of make sure the standard manufacturing methods methods work with what you're trying to do. So there's a lot of kind of steps in between. And uh, to be able to do that, we need very close collaboration with the kind of the industry stakeholders. So for example, you know, in the startup community, people talk about customer discovery and how important that is. Even hard science-based technology companies like us, that's extremely important and key to success. Because if you just stay in your head and you're like, oh, I'm gonna build this really great thing and then I'm gonna go and people are just gonna buy it for me and I'm gonna set the price, you know, that usually never works out. So being able to work with uh, kind of industry leaders and really uh, big companies that have institutional knowledge and the ability to guide you in the place where you need to develop your product, I think is the key uh, of how Hexlayer is gonna develop. That's what we're kind of trying to accomplish is build up tech technology, but also make sure that technology that we're developing is heading into the right direction. So at a certain point, it may be that it's going to be in everybody's phones, you know, uh, but right now, I think if we're able to at least penetrate the uh, the UAV slash drone market, and then, uh, you know, uh, kind of make a big impact there, that's gonna have a trickle down effect on the people's lives too. So if you're, you know, imagine if one day Amazon delivery seems amazing right now, but uh, in very near future, you're going to have, you know, 20, 30 minute delivery just because of uh, the possibilities that drone and new battery technologies are gonna afford people to be able to uh, even increase the convenience level further. And I'm not talking about, you know, all the other impacts that uh, we're gonna kind of 
know it's happening, but we're not going to know that it's some material in some battery that's put in a drone that's affecting that lifestyle change that we're experiencing. I'll say that I heard it first. Harut is going to find a way to make Amazon deliver our packages within 20 to 30 minutes. That'd be pretty impressive. <laughs> so Harut, as we're going to wrap up our time together here shortly, what are, what are some things you do that you, you believe sets you apart from most people? We, we often find entrepreneurs have a couple habits that because of their discipline, this helps, helps them live in a different way than the average person. Keeping an open mind and communicating with people that are way smarter than I am. Being an entrepreneur is a learning process more than anything. And there's going to be a lot of failures. Learning or teaching yourself the ability to realize your limitations and how you can surround yourself with people who might close those gaps or complement your skills, I think is uh, definitely something uh, that I think I'm at least partially doing right that's kind of driving uh, the progress for myself as a person, but also for the company itself. Harut, I'm glad that you, that you are reinstating the importance of association. I find that something a lot of people who are achieving some success, going back to our very beginning part of this conversation about learning, they are making sure they're surrounding themselves with people who are smarter. I know one of the Awesome Inc. founders, he, uh, he told me when I first started, hey, always try to be the dumbest person in the room, which like, oh, I don't want to be dumb. But you also understand, hey, there are people with more wisdom, more learning experience. Uh, my favorite way to say it, more fruit on the tree that you can learn from. So Harut, last thing, and then we'll wrap up our time together. You're an entrepreneur. You've taken risk. You are, you're taking action to make your startup continue to progress. Somebody who's listening to this, again, maybe someone who's a seasoned entrepreneur who needs to be reminded or someone who is on the fence of taking that first step. What is one piece of advice that you would offer? Believe me, the idea that you have, the business that you're building, um, is not going, going to be the same when you actually start building it. You just got to keep trying until you find the pathway is the right way for you or right way for the business. And those are not always necessarily the, right, uh, the same things. Opportunities will open that you've never thought of before. So you got to keep trying. Very cool. Haru, I like that you mentioned the journey is almost the reward in of itself. I feel like that's something a lot of people are realizing, hey, all, all the stuff I'm going through is, is helping make the end destination all the more sweet. And Harut, I know Keith and I were really excited to watch you continue to grow in the Awesome Fellowship Program, see the milestones you achieve with your company. And one day, I'm also looking forward to, to hanging out in person again. It's been a Definitely. while. And thank you. Thank you guys for all of that you do. The fellowship and you know the pitching competition is just in like top-notch experience. Um, you know, especially for being an entrepreneur here in Kentucky. I'm glad that Awesome Inc. exists here and you guys are doing a great job. Harut, appreciate the kind words, my friend. We'll see you soon. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesome Inc.'s podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. Or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in. And let's start something awesome together. 
You guys rock. We'll see you next time.